So today I have very great pleasure in introducing Dave Feidner, who is an old friend of some 20 years standing. And Dave is an EOS implementer and business coach. Um, we've been working with Dave since March 2020. It's very much an ongoing thing. And as I said, it's with huge pleasure today that I introduce you, Dave. Welcome to the Dental Business Transactions podcast series. Thank you, Lily. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so uh, pleased to be here today. It's a pleasure. Now, what time is it with you in the States at the moment? Uh, it's just, a, just past 10.05 in the morning. Oh, that's perfect. That's great. Um, so, Dave, before we start to talk about EOS, and for those that are the uninitiated, it's the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And I know that you're going to tell us all about it. Just tell me a little bit about yourself and your background and how we got to meet. Yeah, so a little bit about me. Okay. So I am a guy who has discovered his purpose in life is to help build great companies. And I came to that conclusion after building a network of primarily international companies and Lily literally obsessing about helping entrepreneurs and getting leaders to work together. And I ultimately came to the conclusion the best way for me to do that at this juncture in my life is as a teacher and a coach. Uh, as you know, um, I took an entrepreneurial leap of my own many years ago by convincing the family owners of a large business here in the U.S. to let me take them global. And that led to me leaving the U.S. and mm -hmm. launching and building about a dozen companies into this organization doing hundreds of millions in revenue and along the way, joining with some great partners and buying out the family company and ultimately selling it to a large private equity company. So somewhere along the way, I think in my early days when I was trying to establish a foothold in Europe, I needed a company in the UK, went and bought a business there and started with this um, rather rickety, small very unprofitable venture. And I was looking for talent. And lo and behold, um, here comes this guy named James Ed, uh, who's raising his hand and said, hey, I would like to help you. And that's how we met. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's been a wonderful ride uh, ever since. I ended up becoming the, uh, the largest enterprise of its type in the world and still doing very, very well today. Well, that's a hell of a story, and I know it's been a hell of a journey. Um, so, in simple terms, tell our listeners what EOS is, what it's all about, and its founding principles. Sure. So, EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and it is an organizational framework for running a company. Ultimately, what I do with EOS is work with the owners and leaders of small companies, and I help them to get really, really good at three things, vision, traction, and healthy. So vision, as you know, Lily, is mm -hmm. about getting those leaders all on the same page with where they're taking their organization and how they're going to get there. The traction part is then just taking the tools that I teach to instill the discipline and accountability so that they can achieve that vision and they can feel that they're making progress towards that vision every day. Mm -hmm. The healthy part is helping those leaders become a healthy, functional, cohesive team. Because most of the time, Lily, what I find is leaders who are well-intentioned, very strong, but they don't always work well as a team. And ultimately, as goes that leadership 
team, so goes the rest of the organization. We get to a point where everybody in the organization, whether it's a company of 10 employees or hundreds of employees, we get all of them on the same page with that vision, crystal clear on it, executing against it with discipline and accountability, and you just get everybody rowing in the same direction. That's what EOS is. That's what I do. Well, I, you know, I can I can say for us that um, since you started being our business coach, you know, you have really helped us give some, we've got some real traction now. Um, it keeps us very organised, it keeps us very focused and a real discipline, which I know that you regularly check in with us when we have our meetings. Um, and it's very easy to become undisciplined in, in a company, even if it's just starting meetings late, running over. And I know that it's a bit like penning kittens, and I'm sure you have that feeling with us sometimes, but... I can honestly say that since you have been helping our business, we have never been more uh, focused and disciplined. So thank you, Dave, very much for everything that you do for us. But I know it's very much an ongoing thing. Um, one question is, obviously, we, we have a lot of reading material that we, you recommend, you encourage us to read. For somebody listening to this uh, podcast, what book would you recommend somebody just read to give them a flavour of the kind of benefits that EOS and their entrepreneurial systems could bring to them? Because I know we have a library of your books that you recommended that we're ploughing through. What's the good kickoff book? So the kickoff book is Traction. Mm -hmm. The author is Gina Wickman, my colleague, friend and mentor who founded and created the entrepreneurial operating system. That is, if you will, the Bible. Yeah. And understand that this is a free model practice. Anybody can go out, read traction and self-implement EOS in their business. Literally, Gino gave this away to the world. Those who are intentional and have great ambitions like you, like your company, usually hire a guide to take them on that process. But the book is traction. That is the first book that I would recommend uh, for someone to read. That's good. And let's talk about the sort of the ideal client who, who would benefit from EOS. Is there a sort of typical demographic that, you know, you are, you're seeking to work with perhaps? Yeah. So um, there are probably 100,000 companies and leadership teams in the world that are using some of the tools of EOS, but there are about 10,000 that use a guide like me. And the Demographics are that they tend to fall between 10 employees and 250. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the space where about 80% of them fall in. Some are smaller, uh, but typically more ambitious, and some are much larger. I've worked with companies that have as many as 1,000 employees. The demographic, though, is typically trumped by the psychographic. The psychographic is this. They are growth-oriented leaders. They want something more out of their business than what they're currently getting. And they're willing to be open and honest in their pursuit of that. They're frankly people who are more afraid of things remaining the same, more afraid of mm -hmm. the status quo than they are of change. So they're not afraid to learn. That's the demographic and the psychographic of a, of a typical company that's using a guide like myself. Mm -hmm. Cool. And I'm sure that like we do in our business life, you meet clients that perhaps uh, 
say that they want to do this, but obviously they, they struggle to grasp the sort of self-discipline that you need to adhere to it, to get the benefit out of it. But like with anything in life, you know, you only get out of it what you put into it. But um, do you sometimes find that people aren't really prepared to make that commitment at all? Or do you, do you sound them out thoroughly in the first place before you start working with them to make sure that they, they are right for it and then they will embrace it and benefit from it? Does yeah, that make so, sense? Um, what you will find in almost every leadership team is um, some element of that. Some mem you know, a couple of members of the team who are not quite necessarily ready to be purely open and honest, which is why it's pretty typical that um, about 80% of the time, the leadership team that I start with is not the leadership team that I end with. Hmm. When that dynamic is pervasive amongst the team, particularly with the owner of the business or the leader of the business, yeah, that's generally a business that this is not going to work with. True. Now, How many incidences of everybody wanting to be the smartest person in the room <laughs> uh, generally gets in the way of any kind of learning. I can imagine. And you must have witnessed some pretty bloody battlefields at time when you, because I, I know that you sit in with, with clients as you do with us for our annual and quarterly reviews and you listen and you watch the power play that goes on. But it's about getting everyone, as you say, and it's very important to be open and honest. And it's not until you really explore that concept and you you embrace it and you do it, you, you, you know, you, you walk the walk. Being open and honest can sometimes be very uncomfortable in a boardroom or in a managerial position, can't it, with colleagues, saying what you really think, how things impact you and affect you. But you have to do that. You have to have that honesty. And I know EOS has helped us with our business just get some real clarity of vision um, with that whole, the whole perspective of the business. Because as you say, everyone's got to want to row in the same direction. Yeah, the open. So I, I say open and honest. It's two things. So the openness is literally being willing to open your mind and being comfortable with the idea that something that you hold as a deep rooted belief could be wrong mm -hmm. or could change. And if your ego is too wrapped up in the beliefs that you already have and you're not willing to let go, then that's just not being on it, open. The honest piece is literally being willing to say what needs to be said right there at that time in that room um, and not as what happens in a lot of organizations is we've all probably experienced if we worked in a big organization, you say one thing in the meeting room and you say mm -hmm. something else out in the hall, right? Yeah. So honest is the saying what needs to be said when it needs to be said. One thing that I'd love you to just explain to our listeners um, about the, the typical traditional the sort of the, the, the head of the flagship of a company, the visionary and the integrator role. Tell us a little bit about that. In this case, we're talking about that dynamic that exists in most growth oriented entrepreneurial companies where you typically have a founder, the inspiration behind the business in the first place. And you have an individual who's very creative who has lots of ideas, who really drives the business forward and beats the drum for culture in the organization. They tend to be 30,000 foot individuals. They like to fly at that high level. They're really good with strategic relations. The problem that they run into while they're, run, while they're growing their business is all the nitty gritty details of holding people accountable and integrating the various moving parts of the business. 
So this was a great discovery of Gino that this dynamic exists in many companies. In fact, you see it even in large companies. But we're just being clear on what that dynamic is so that you can segment and separate the roles associated with both of those positions and get that visionary working in his or her unique ability, doing that stuff that really drives growth and energy within the firm and letting the other individual take care of the, the you know, holding people accountable and having tough conversations and putting project plans into place because those are two very different things. Good. Thank you for explaining that. That's very good. And I know that when we very first went through it, you know, we all sat there with a big grin on our face. And as we all sorted out our accountability chart, who does what? And all these things are really so important when you when you look at the structure of a business. And and I know that when we first started, uh, you know, being coached by you and, and sort of embraced EOS, you know, there was a little bit of me that thought, really? Oh, you know, do we really need to spend all day discussing this? But, you know, the reality was that when we started, we had no idea just how much detail we needed to go into to really uncover the truth about how to get our business running as efficiently as possible. Um, and I know that all of the team are now embracing the EOS philosophy the way they have with, the, with their meetings, when they're reporting, etc. And I can say firsthand, it really does work and it, and it gives us huge comfort. It's, it's like a, a sort of a crutch to keep you going because you know that if you carry on doing the right things, even in small pieces, eventually it becomes a mass of great momentum going forward. Um, I don't put it as well as you, Dave, but you know, that's my analogy really of EOS and how it's worked for us. Have you got any case studies for me? One or two stories of perhaps, I know that obviously you worked all over the world, so um, it may not be a UK based story and you can't get too specific, but have you got any scenarios that you can share with me where you've come along to go in and help a company and perhaps, you know, boy, you've really been needed. Sure, I have a couple of very specific ones, but I wanna frame this for you because there are a thousand wonderful stories within the world of companies running on EOS. And at the root of them, there is a very, very common outcome. And it's five things. And I wanna just sort of describe those five things to you first, because we refer to it as the EOS life. And it is the following. Number one, it's doing work that you love. Number two, it's doing that work with people that you love. Number three, it's that work actually having an impact. And that could be anything from sort of the Steve Jobs concept of punching a hole in the sky to just making a difference in your local community. Number four, important one, being appropriately compensated for doing all that stuff. And number five, having time to pursue other passions. Those five things are the outcomes that the owners and the leaders are looking to get and get from this process. So a couple of uh, quick case studies or stories. One that I like um, because I know the individual and he is a lawyer. An attorney running a practice started out very small, literally he was doing all the work in the business. He was getting most of his business through referrals from larger firms and he was working his butt off. Didn't have any time for his family. Started the EOS process and today he has a practice with over 100 attorneys. They're doing hundreds of millions in revenue. 
It is a very, very profitable firm. And he has entirely embraced his unique ability, which is simply this. The man is a wonderful, uh, he, he is he's literally a, um, the, the, the personification of, a, of an individual who's just representing his firm. So he does wonderful commercials are award-winning commercials. And that's what he loves to do. And that's what he was really great at. He actually doesn't do any lawyering anymore. He actually is not all that involved in the day-to-day -day running of that firm. He is doing what he loves to do and is great at, and he is spending a lot more time with his family. Mm -hmm. So that is a one great uh, story. I have a client as well who has a contracting business. Started out, it was just him and the partner. They were working ridiculous hours you know, kind of seven days a week, 10 hour a day kind of things, took them through the process. Today, that individual is, he's bought himself this massive RV. He is spending lots of time with his, uh, his family. He's traveling the world. He spent a month in France last year, uh, right before COVID. <laughs> and the firm is running on its own. It's become a self-managing firm. So that's another classic example. And I would say, Lily, you're another good example. You are starting to embrace your unique ability because you're doing this podcast and you're doing it very, very well. I think you've discovered your unique ability, uh, Lily, and you're, you're finding something that, you, that is great to do and you're not getting stuck in running the business. You've got a team there that is doing it and is helping that organization to continue to grow without you having to be involved in all the day-to-day -day running of the business. But, you know, that's thank you, Dave. That's very kind of you to say that. And, and do you know what, though? It's you're only as good as your team. But with, with the help that you give us with EOS, um, it's helped us develop a team that are very accountable. That is so important because to let go of the vine, as we talk about, um, you have to have that in place. You know, you can't go off fiddling while Rome burns, as they say. You've got to be confident that your team know their roles, their responsibilities, who they report to, ultimately, where does the buck stop, you know? Um, and that's what I'm very fortunate to have. I have a really great team around me, um, but that all comes with the help, the, the coaching, the support that all goes with all of that. So, you know, as I say, this is, there's lots of benefits to having business coaching in your life because you're basically preparing the road ahead for whatever that is. It's important to have detachment. And I think this is one yes. of the critical elements. Business owners get stuck in their business. They see the thing that is immediately in front of them. They mm -hmm. don't cast the stone out far enough. One of the key tools we use is the VTO, the Vision Traction Organizer, where we articulate that vision. And an element of that is, where do we want this business to be long-term? We set a 10-year target. In so doing, it really allows the owner of the business to have the freedom to stop thinking of that mm -hmm. business as being their identity. The business is going here. This is where the business is going. I might not be there at the end, but that's where the business is going. And that's how you get everybody else in the organization on the same page with that vision. Um, so what's the best way for people to, to reach out to you, Dave, if they want to take uh, this conversation further and hear more about it? So tap into the EOS community. I am one of almost 400 uh, EOS implementers around the world. Within the United Kingdom, there's a dozen wonderful people. Um, it's a great team. All you have to do is go to the EOS World website, go to mm -hmm. EOS implementers, and you'll get a list of all the people what their backgrounds are, what their profiles are, where they live. You click on that, 
give them a call. Have a phone conversation uh, with one of them. Typically, what happens after that is they just ask you to bring your leadership team together and they give you 90 minutes of their time to show you how it all works. And that's all it takes. It's a phone conversation. It's a 90-minute meeting and off you go. That's great. Thank you very much. Well, it's been great to talk to you. Um, as always, I, I value your time and uh, I look forward to our next meeting. I'm not quite sure in our calendar when you're next joining our team for our next uh, quarterly meeting, but I know it comes up on us so fast. So thank you, Dave, once again. And thank you all for listening to another one of our Dental Business Transaction podcast series. Please do like and subscribe and follow us. And I look forward to talking to you again. Dave, thanks a lot and have a great day. Thank you so much for having me, Lily. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our Dental Business Transaction Podcasts. I hope you found it informative. And remember that they're easily available through our website, lilyhead.co.uk. You can listen to them via Spotify, Apple or Podbean or watch the video versions on many conversations through our YouTube channel. Finally, if you'd like to talk to any one of my team or myself, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We can help you with advice, buying, selling or funding a dental practice. So please do call us. We can be reached at dentalbrokers at lilyhead.co.uk. Thank you and goodbye for now.